Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from a varying skill range. I am your ironclad host, Andrew. With me, the not-so-silent Keith. Hello. And, of course, the wonderful defect, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week, we are doing my pick, which is Slay the Spire by Megacrit Studios. So the best way to kind of describe this game is it's a roguelike dungeon crawler where it's also a turn-based card game so every time you're playing a run you're getting a new deck you're completely starting from scratch and you're trying to progress through this dungeon and as you actually do it more and more you unlock more relics which help alter your gameplay and kind of change up your strategy and i was very excited to pick this game because it has been on game pass pc for a while and as soon as i've i've heard of this game i was like oh sweet i want to give this game a try i instantly fell in love with it and i kept telling you guys Man, you guys need to play this game, but it's only on PC, and you guys don't have PC, but then we did the our Game Pass side quest episode, and I even mentioned, man, I can't wait for that game to come on Xbox, and then sure enough, like that week, it came on Xbox. And then didn't you get on the Switch too? Because I just yes. remember every single time <laughs> I looked over at you, for what felt like weeks, you were playing this game. Any platform, you were, like, you were playing it. Yes. So... <laughs> Starting off before we get too far, I guess it's pretty safe to say that this is a definite game by me. How about you guys? Did you guys love this game as much as I did? I definitely love this game. It's a game. Yeah, and when I was watching you play it, I, th- I think it's the same with turn-based strategy games that when you watch someone play it, you're like, ugh, that looks boring. And then you play it and it's amazing. And this is a definite game for me as well. So normally with a game, we generally start with the story and... I guess, you know, there's not going to be too much spoilers with this game because, unfortunately, there isn't too much story with this game. There's a little bit sprinkled here and there. I mean, did you guys discover much of the story? Did Were you guys interested at all in the story of the lore of this game? No, but I like that there isn't story because I think with this type of game, you can just go into it whenever you want. You don't have to pay attention to the story You don't have to learn the mechanics of the game all over again. Like, I feel like this is a game that I will constantly want to pick up. And there's a lot of games I don't go back to because it's like you have to, like, get fully immersed in the game again. And this is a game that's just fun to play whenever. No, it it really is because, like you said, you can just pick it up and you can put it down with no issue. It's You can play for 10 minutes, you can play for two hours, and I think it's just as fun for the same amount of time. I don't think you can play for 10 minutes. I it's, I texted Andrew. He was at work. And I was like, I was wondering why I was all of a sudden starving. And I had no idea that I'd been playing this game for three hours. I was so hungry. And I like I completely skipped over dinner. And I was like, this is this is absurd. So I, I did <laughs> which mention is, that. Which is crazy. You never forget to eat. <laughs> no. If anything, I, that's kind of what I liked. Is this is a game you could eat while you play. And I thought that was one of the reasons you actually really liked it. Because I remember saying or asking Andrew what you thought of it, and he and he alluded to the fact that you really liked it, and I was pretty surprised. But I saw you playing a ton, so I was like, I think she might actually like it. Yeah, I think that this game is also awesome because you can eat snacks while you play it, and you can pause it at any point. You, I mean, you don't really need both hands on on the controller. I mean, it helps, but you know, I, and I also think too. I just realized that with all like the the times that I've talked about food on this, I'm like, people must think that I'm like a thousand pounds. Nah, you're just pregnant. (laughs) Only But it's like, and then I got me thinking (laughs) that like, they don't know what any of us look like. It's really weird to think about. Well, kind of, because of our our logo, but. 
So there actually is a little bit of a story into this game, but not too much. So this game is still kind of being developed. They actually did announce recently that there is a fourth character coming and that they're adding over like 80 more cards and a bunch of new relics and everything. So this game is still being developed, which I think is awesome because from what I heard, it's all free content. But even if it wasn't free content, I would totally buy that new content because I really like this game and I just want more of it. But this game does have a little bit story like mixed in. So anytime you die, your character comes back and you're greeted by a three-eyed whale that just talks to you and gives you a little bit of help and you start your run all over again and every once in a while you go to a room with a question mark and it gives you this these choices like oh do you want to help this guy you'll get a card reward or do you want to ignore this guy and lose five health like it gives you these little rewards and it gives you a little text story with it so this game has like a little bit of story sprinkled in it but not too much so i'm really hoping that they do come out with more lore and backstory with this game because so far what they have at the moment is pretty good. And I would love to learn more as to like what the Spire actually is. Are you actually a good guy fighting bad guys? Or are you actually just invading a, like a civilization's tower? Because it seems like you're actually going through some cities and stuff like that. So it's like, you could possibly be a bad guy. There's some hints to it that you could be a bad guy. I so. can't believe that they're coming out with another character and new stuff because I feel like there's already so much to this game. Yeah. Like, I think one common complaint with a lot of video games is, like, the enemies aren't diverse enough and things like that. And you already have three very unique characters. Um, one of them, their, their cards is completely different. And then you already have a ton of different types of potions, relics, cards, characters, enemies. It's, like, there's so much complexity to all of it the fact that they're bringing in more stuff is amazing i think it's awesome yeah as free content too free content is my favorite type of content let me tell you that for free as a matter <laughs> of fact but yeah there's there's just something i love about this game now it's funny because your brother his biggest complaint about this game is it feels like a cell phone game and my biggest regret is that Which i can't I have this on my cell phone oh i think it's a garbage argument that's other than I. Well, yeah, because other than I, you're saying phone games are bad, and well, phone games can be good. They could be, and I. So I understand his argument that this isn't a game that's built for console, right? Is it, it's best played, or I can see where he's coming from, and hey, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But my my thing is, I want this on my phone, but I also want it on my Xbox. I just think it's fun to play, and it's a game that I, I would play no matter what. I wouldn't want to play it on my phone. I feel like the the text and everything. There's so many things going on. I feel like the text would be so tiny. And I, for the most part, agree with you, Liz. I like it on Xbox. But there's easy ways around that. For one thing, putting it on a phone. But another thing is, it's a game that, similar to our last week's episode, is I can kind of just shut my brain off a little bit and play. Like there is strategy, and I need to pay attention. But I would love to just, you know have a couple episodes of The Office going on in the background because there's no real storyline to this game that I'm worried about. I'm just trying to slay the Spire. Which Andrew, like, goes to the cards so quick. Like, I feel like he doesn't even... You must read, like, one word and you're just like... Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, like, I, I see the images and I know what the card is and what it does. So I just, like, I want to do that, 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 that. Okay, my turn's done. So I guess I, out of all of you guys, I guess I obviously have the most experience with this game. So I first started with this game on PC. And I will say, I do think this game is best played on PC. So if you have Game Pass on your PC, I think this is the best place to get it. So, as Liz was saying, we were going on a trip, and I was like, I love this game. I'm curious if it's on the Switch. Sure enough, it is on the Switch. And I was like, 
absolutely, I'm going to buy this game. And I will say, I think it is a fantastic Switch game as well. I still think the PC version's better because with the PC version, it's easier to look at your relics, look at the enemy's abilities, the buffs, the debuffs, and it just quickly tells you what's, what they do. So it's easy to kind of figure out your plan on the PC. It was easier to navigate and control things. But the P the Switch is a very close second because I do love having this game mobily because this game can just pick up right where you left off. You could be in the middle of a card fight. You could be right at the end of a fight. You could have just died. It doesn't matter. As soon as you like kind of turn this game off and turn it back on, it just picks up right where you are, even on the Xbox. Oh, you mean so it has a pause what... feature? <laughs> no, I'm saying it has a good autosave feature. You jerk. That's exactly what I said with Wargroove, and you roasted me. So suck on it. You said, no, because with Wargroove, you said you could pause this game. And you're like, no, Bob, I can't pause this game. And then you completely ruined your own argument. But anyway, before I was rudely interrupted, I loved how this game was just like, it just picks off right where you were. And it's so great. And like, you can just not skip a beat. And I love it. Which I'm really curious, slightly off topic. And by slightly, I mean, it's very off topic. But what is your favorite character to play? Because there is the Ironclad, which you start off with the most HP. Then there's the Silent, and then the Defect, which I only played once because I just found him... I did well with him, but I didn't find him as fun. He's definitely the most technical. Yeah, and for me, because he's like... He's a robot that manipulates orbs, and for me, I was like... I saw the orbs, but I didn't really get what they were. I don't know. I, I Exactly. Also... That's why this game's really good on PC, because you can just mouse over the orb, and it tells you what it does. I just thought you had to think about it more. Like, I love characters that are just heavy-handed, so I like the Ironclad, I think. For me, my favorite character is the Silent. I, I like the Silent because I thought it had more interesting ways to go about building the deck with the Silent. You could do something more focused on poison. You could focus more on the Shiv aspects. You could focus more on like the zero mana cost, but you're drawing a lot of cards and being able to play your hand really quick and fast. So I really loved the gameplay aspects of the silent. Well, this is weird because we introduced ourselves completely different. My favorite was <laughs> <know>. the defect. <laughs> so that being said, is it took me maybe like one or two runs to really get it down. But once I started to figure out the strategy of you can increase your orb slots. And when I figured out basically what all the orbs did did for me you just learn how to just know how many you need of each they you end up having a lot of zero damage cards kind of like andrew was saying and he's actually the only character i've beaten it with so he's definitely my favorite yeah i mean i i thought he was kind of easy to play with like i i got pretty far i actually haven't beaten the third boss with any of them i've gotten to the third boss i don't know i feel like for me too with the characters it is also about luck with how far you get as well because it's luck with which relics that you get i mean there are there like points where you can choose between three but same with cards there there was one game in particular i couldn't get any cards in my deck that were zero energy so yeah for, for me that one was particularly hard and i just wanted my character to die because i hated my cards so obviously you can pick between cards when you defeat an enemy um at, if you go to the merchant you can you can buy cards, but it wasn't giving me any options anywhere. So for me, I think part of it is the character, but also part of it is luck. But no, I 100% agree with you, Liz, where there's so much luck involved with this game. But that's kind of what I like about it, too, because if you get even four or five fights in and you just go, I'm getting junk for cards. 
it's really easy to just back out, abandon the run, and start over. Like, you don't even have to kill yeah. yourself. You don't even have to do any of that. You can very easily just say, hey, I'm done with this run. Let's let's take another go at it. Because sometimes I did that where I just didn't like any of the options. That So every time you start a run, and I think you mentioned this, the, the whale talks to you, but he gives you some sort of a bonus that may have a curse or all bonus. And sometimes I just don't like the options. And I'll just abandon my run and start over so I get better ones. I also think, too, to be fair, there is a lot of strategy involved in the game. Like, there were some runs where, like, I did not think I was going to die because I, like, I fully stacked everything just the way I wanted to. And I was, like, horrified when my character died. And I was like, no, I have to start over. Like, it's so unfair. But, yeah, so, I mean, for me, it was, and I think it was the same with the enemies, too. Like, you never knew which enemies you'd come across. And there were some that were amazing with certain characters. So, I like to call him the softball guy. He always had, like, a 40 shield up. If you are the defect, like, you can beat him no problem. Super easy. But if you're the ironclad, it's a lot harder. So, for me, too, I, I do think there's a lot of strategy with the enemies as well. Well, and something I wanted to mention, too, Andrew, is I think, like you said, where, like, you could, like, hover over the orbs with the defect. Like, you can yeah. you can scroll around with the D-pad, and I think even with your, your left stick as well. And you can actually still highlight the orbs as well. Yeah, you can. It's it's just, it is it's just, just clunky. A, yeah, that, and I'll agree with you there. It's not easy, but just as a side point, like, just know that you can do it if you're listening to us out there. It's it's possible. But for someone like me who's who's already put numerous hours in this game before it even came to Xbox, I already knew what the relics were. I already knew what the cards were. I already knew what the buffs and debuffs were. So I didn't have to hover anything. I just instantly picked this game up, and I was like, oh, it's this enemy. He's going to do this, this, and this, so I'm going to do this, this, this. But I do feel like there's a lot less explanation with the defect. So, for instance, there was a card that said that it would, you know, use lightning. And I, I don't know how much damage that is. I don't know what that's going to do or when it's going to happen because it would happen after your turn was over. So I was like, oh, nothing happened when I played the card. But with other cards for the other characters, everything is laid out for you. Like, you're going to hit them for six damage. So that's what I kind of mean where it's like, oh, you're going to activate dark and lightning and something else. And it's like, okay, well, what the heck are these? That's a very and good point. You don't yeah. know until you activate the card and then the orbs are up. But at that point, you can't plan your entire turn. Well, that's, no, that's a very good point because there's a bunch of just new phrases with the defect. And even someone like me who's played video games, like just seeing these words because it says like, oh, it, ev- it evokes your next orb. It's like, well, what the heck does that mean? Or it channels or does this. And so it is very vague. And it, I do agree with you, Liz. They probably should have put more of a tutorial with the defect. I will say I knew what evoke meant because, well, from a video game standpoint, because of an old Dota character called the Evoker, and he threw orbs at people. So I kind of knew what I was doing with that. That Maybe that helped me. The part that took me a while to figure out, though, actually was the focus. It, I mean, you don't... It was... As soon as I got a focus card, I figured it out real quick that, okay, it increases the... You know, how much damage an orb does, how much shield it does, all those things. But there's no mention of it until you get the card. So you don't even know that you're really looking for those cards. So that was kind of confusing, I guess, too. Yeah, I think the least helpful thing was the potions, which they did help, but I thought that the relics were a lot more beneficial. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. And then I also was wondering, did you guys have a particular strategy with your deck? Because a lot of people said that they beat the game by trying to create kind of a loop where you could just, like, keep playing certain cards. So I was just wondering if there was, like, a certain system that you guys had. 
So for me, like since Silent was always my favorite character, I loved going the poison route with that character because there's a couple cards where, like every turn, it just keeps stacking poison on the enemy. So I would just it would naturally just kind of kill the enemies for me. So I would just stack a bunch of defense to ignore the damage and just wait out some of the enemies and throw a couple zero energy cards at them. I would generally just play a lot more defensive with the silent. And uh, if you have the relic that makes you draw a card every time you have no cards in your hand, you could just keep playing a card, playing a card, playing a card, and you could end up just taking out an enemy within one turn. Yeah, see, I like to play, again, where I played a lot of the defect, I like to go, obviously, just, I guess maybe it was easy, but I would stack a lot of orb slots for one thing. Because then if you can get seven or eight stacks of those orbs on them, and then a lot of it can depend, obviously, like you said, on the relics and the things like that. But I would also get one card that if you had eight orbs out there, it did, I think, like eight damage for every single orb you had out. And it didn't, you know, consume the orbs either. It just did damage. And to Andrew's point, you could melt a character. So that was sort of like what I would always try to play for in my card sets. Which Andrew pointed out to me that you don't have to take a card. So if you defeat an enemy, you choose between three. If you get all crap ones, like you don't have to take one. And that yeah. really helped me. Yeah, I've actually learned just recently how nice it is to have a very small deck. Because I would always just like have like 50 plus cards in my deck and try to go for like cards where I can like end up redrawing some cards that I already played. But having a deck of like 10 or less cards is really, really nice because you're just constantly reshuffling that deck and just playing the few cards that you have that you know are just really good. And I would actually start to carry on pretty far with just a really small deck. Well, there's also the Relic that I don't think I've played with it yet, which I should know this, but I saw you playing with it where you keep the cards from your previous hand and I think that is going to be absolutely phenomenal when I use it because <laughs> there's so many times where it's like I still have energy, but I don't have a card that I can use. So for me, like I just, I, I, there was one opportunity I had to get that relic now that I remember, but there was another relic that was also equally awesome and I didn't take that one, but that's like my goal is to like get that relic. It's going to happen. <laughs> so what did you guys think of kind of the enemies in this game? So there's three acts. Well, there's a fourth act, but there's only a boss in the fourth act. There is So there's generally kind of just three acts. But they're, the enemies, I felt like there really isn't too many. But I thought they all varied so much that I never really felt like they were stagnant. Yeah, they were... Some of them were absolutely infuriating. I would see them and I would just be like, you got to be kidding me. So for instance, I was talking about the softball guy earlier. The thieves that steal your money. And then... There was, there was one in particular that I thought was, like, the hardest because they would keep putting, like, useless cards in your deck. And if you didn't have a great deck to begin with, like, if it was at the beginning, like, it would really, really, really suck. And so for me, I just, I thought it was awesome how they screwed you over so differently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree for the most part. They're... Like, I feel like I could count all the number of enemies that there are in the game if I tried, but to your point the way they played or like the the way the game plays out you never feel like you're fighting the same one over and over and over and over again so it feels like there's a lot of them and there's some of them have fairly clever names like there's that one like sleeping robot or egg thing that you wake up and its name is lagavulin which i think is a location in ireland somewhere well known for their whiskey i believe i know they have names Yeah, yeah if you curse over them they have names and so like, like ah! mine kind of funny. 
So, like, my least favorite enemy that always infuriated me was an elite monster, I think in Act 2, called the Book of Stabbing. It was yeah. literally a book that had a hand that came out of it and just stabbed you constantly. That thing was the pain of my existence. I don't think I've died to any more monster more than that monster. Because it would just, see, like, bother just constant throw damage at you. Yeah, same. He didn't really bother me that much. I don't know how. Least I mean, like, I definitely had bad friends with him. Don't get me wrong. I definitely had some, some situations where I wish I had not had to have fought him. But <laughs> largely, I felt like I usually did enough damage to go in and just go, all right, this isn't that big of a deal. See, for me, it was always frustrating with him because every other monster at least will try to do some sort of buff or debuff or a defense move. This book, all it does is attack. Just attack, 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 attack. So unless you're also attacking but also trying to be defensive, that thing just starts decimating you. And then it throws in wound cards, which are useless cards that just fill up your deck. So, like, I, it was just infuriating. See, I feel, I feel like I've only come across him once or twice. So maybe that's why he doesn't bother me as much. But the more that I think about it, there are a lot of enemies because there's like the three black slimes that you have to kill like at about the same time within like a turn of each other. And then uh, there's like the rats with the mushrooms coming out. There's the um, the ritual birds. There's a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's a significant amount of enemies, but I, I don't know. To me, they, they all just are very unique that I never felt like it never felt stagnant for me. I also, this is kind of off topic, but I also love the maps, how you can choose which way to go. And because there is strategy with it too. I remember like the first time that I developed a strategy, it was like, oh, I'm going to try to go to the rest stops as much as possible. But then I wasn't getting as many cards and stuff. And I, I think that was the quickest I've died. <laughs> so I, I always look at the map and I like kind of navigate where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. So for me, I think it's so much fun that you get to like pick your own path and because sometimes the question marks can really screw you. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, I kind of had the same strategy for a while and I still kind of do to a lot is I try to focus the question marks because I think they're the best because they're like chance cards in Monopoly, but mostly have pretty good effects. But I also have a hard time making it to the third uh, dungeon or third spire, whatever it is. So maybe that's <laughs> part of my issue. I always think it's funny watching you play the Velvets because, like, you are very slow and meticulous. Like, you always are reading, like, every card in your hand. You're reading every text, every dialogue, and you're just kind of, like, very steady, just going at a pace. Like, as you said, I'm just like, bam, 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 okay, next dungeon, bam, 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 bam. Like, I just, I just go quick. But you are just very meticulous. I mean, I feel like you do survive more than I do, though, because you really kind of map out and strategize everything you're doing. Well, it's the this same is with why like, Liz is no good at Munchkin. <laughs> I am great at Munchkin. I'm great at card games. You jerk. You have played Munchkin fifty billion times. I've played like three times. So considering <laughs> how many times I have played versus you've played, it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> for you. <laughs> Whatever. That's the thing. It's amazing that you can play a card game on the Xbox and have by yourself and have it be so much fun. Because I remember growing up, I would always play part. Uh, I would always play card games like poker, forty-five stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I grew up playing Magic. I always loved the cards, but I like couldn't figure it out. I mean, this is when I was like obviously like really young, but I always loved looking at the cards. <laughs> yeah, I played a lot of cards with my family. We, we love like regular cards. Never did get into Magic though. 
that was never a thing but i i've always loved these types of games and to what i was saying earlier i guess even still is i played a lot of them on my phone i like a lot of these games there was there was one on xbox that andrew and i were playing for a while i think it's dead now but fable had it on uh fable fortune i think it was called and that was a ton of oh, yeah. fun and you could play that by yourself it was definitely a different style but to i actually think ultimately it was kind of the same idea I just like that this is graphically laid out instead of the uh, even like Hearthstone where you have like the the and the armor number and health number and all that. What did you guys think of the graphics of this game? I mean, I think they're actually pretty cool for what the game is. They're nothing that wowed me. I mean, the animations are kind of cool. I ended up going once you found it in the settings. There's a fast mode which takes out all of the animations for the cards. But I just didn't want to wait and watch the animations. After you've seen them a bunch of times, you don't care about them anymore. You don't wait that half second that it loads. <laughs> hey, if you're trying to do that speed run for 20 minutes, I'm yeah. well on my way never to do that. I thought the graphics were good. I agree. I wasn't wowed. But I do think that with most games, there's something that it kind of falls beneath the cracks and isn't as good as it should be. I feel like with this game, like I... I didn't find anything with that. I thought the music was all right. The graphics were all right. And by all right, I mean like good. They, I mean they were they were solid. They weren't amazing. But yeah, I thought I thought overall they were good. The graphics had a kind of the graphics actually kind of reminded me a little bit of the art style from Old Man's Journey. It was like two D but three D, and it was kind of like these watercolors. I don't know. I, I overall I like the graphics. I really like the art style of a lot of the monsters. Because some of them are very kind of creepy. Some of them are just very geometric. Some of them are just, just weird amorphous blobs. I don't know. So I, I really like the characters and the art style of this game. But I will say the thing that I thought was annoying at this game and very repetitive is the music. There's like two, three songs in this game. You got the map music, you got your battle music, and you got your main menu music. And that's like it. <laughs> See, I, I just... I think I blocked it out. I would actually play uh, YouTube videos when I was when I was um, playing the game. So for me, like I kind of liked that the music, and I would keep the music on, like subtly in the background. But I would play something on my phone. Yeah, I mean it wasn't jarring, but there's not a lot of variety. Well, see, I was gonna kind of agree with Liz to a certain degree. Is that it? It wasn't. It kind of faded into the background for me, which is where it doesn't bother me. But when I was paying attention to it, it was a bit grinding, to your point, Andrew. So I'm somewhere in the middle of you guys on this. But at the same time, it's like, I I kind of feel like you play the game for so many hours. I think their, their best bet was to find something that would kind of fade into the background. Because I just feel like you play so much, they can't come up with like... 20 billion songs for you. I mean, I was horrified by how many hours I put into this game. Like, I didn't even realize it. But, so for me, it's like, I don't really know what they would have done. Because I feel like if it's, like, epic music, it would get, like, kind of annoying after an hour. Yeah. That's true. The type of game that it is that nothing really changes too much aside from the spires, you can't just have a random set of music playing. That would be jarring. So you have to have something that's consistent, so... Yeah, I think it's got to be something that fades into the back. There is one thing uh, I feel like we kind of forgot to mention about the gameplay that I think this game is really good with. You kind of mentioned a little bit, Keith. But anytime you're doing a run, there's actually a timer on the top. So you can actually do speed runs with this game. And you can kind of test yourself and see if you can beat your score. And there actually is a leaderboard as well that does overall scoring and 
you know, how many victories you've done, how many deaths you've done, which I think is really cool because I love games that do stats. I was wondering why that timer was there. Yeah. it was counting up, not down. And I was like, what's what's the point? And every day there's a daily challenge, which will add modifiers. Like sometimes it'll be like, oh, there's extra curses in this one. Or, hey, you start with these three relics, but there's only one path you can take on the map. So like there's these random modifiers. And I don't know if you can do it on the Xbox. I'm assuming you can because I still saw when you're in the menu, it says enter seed number and you can actually create your own custom modifiers. So people on Steam have a huge list of things that they did and special game modes they did and special cards that they kind of have in. And all you have to do is enter the seed number and it'll actually play that modifier for you that someone created. So I think this game kind of has a really fun aspect that you could play with your friends and create a cool game mode to challenge your friends with to see how well they can do. So that's the custom, right? Because when you go in there, standard daily climb and custom, and I was actually going to ask that, so that's what that last one is. Yeah. And you have to unlock that, but I think you only have to play the, the daily. daily climb once, yeah. right? Yeah, I saw the custom mode. I never actually went into it because I just didn't feel like actually setting up my own custom mode or whatever, but that's actually really cool, Andrew, and we should definitely check that out, even though I'll probably lose, but... <laughs> It would be a lot of fun because, uh, I don't know if some of you probably quit last episode early, but I did announce that we do have a Xbox club now called GPGP Pals. So if you create a really cool custom game mode, why don't you send us a code and we'd love to give it a try because I think it'd be a lot of fun to kind of trade some codes on there and challenge each other. I, I mean, the other cool thing that this game does is actually the achievements. So the game for a while didn't have actual like Xbox Live achievements. Like it doesn't have on the PC, but it has like personal like game achievements. And it would have like these certain challenges like, well, it had personal achievements, which I actually liked because even though there's a ton of achievements achievements for this game and it's probably gonna be really hard to a thousand, I love the achievements in this game because they actually challenge you to play the game in certain ways. Because like there's one achievement to beat the game with a deck of five or less cards. And I've been trying to do that, and it's actually a lot of fun to just try to do that achievement. There's a handful that are easy, like, oh, kill this boss, kill that boss. Like, there's, like, eight different bosses. So every time you kill one, you get an achievement. Every time you beat an act, you get an achievement. So there's some easy ones that are peppered in here and there. But there are some ones that are just a challenge. Like, I think one was to beat the entire game in under 20 minutes. So if you can pay attention to that clock up top, you can try to beat that achievement. So I really like the achievements of this game because they really kind of challenge you. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say about that. I mean, I think you summed it up greatly. Like, for someone like me, I can tell you, I don't think I'll ever get more than probably 500 on this game. And I've got a lot of hours into this game. But at the same time, it is fun to challenge yourself. And there's really just not a lot of loss if you die. Frustrating, but whatever. Start again and keep going. Which I was actually really irritated when I looked at um, the achievements that I did. Because I was only uh, 65, and I put in like Oof. 16 and a half hours or something. <laughs> and yeah, so I got six out of 44. And then, like I and um, Andrew, you've put in like so many hours on PC and Switch. So I feel like it's not really that accurate looking at yours on Xbox. Yeah, because the data unfortunately doesn't carry over. Because yours was 260, 19 out of 44. Keith, 170, 13 out of 44. But yeah, 16 and a half hours, and I only got a 65 gamer score. <laughs> and I, that just, I mean, I, it upsets me, but I had so much fun. But yeah, I, I would not play this game for achievements by any means. But one thing that I thought was really fun 
is that we all got the achievement for win a battle with one health remaining. Oh, so I did get that achievement. There's <laughs> yeah. a couple times I was trying to do it, and I was like, how come it's not popping? Apparently it didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, now I feel better. So I just, because I, I got that, and I was like, of course I would get that. And then I saw you guys did too. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I think that's really well, funny. I'll be honest. I actually tried for that one. I actually lined it up where I had a card that I knew would give me a certain amount of damage. It was it was very stressful because if I if they played something wrong on me, I knew I was screwed. But I was like, I'm going for this. I've got such low health. I think I can do. It. Oh, for me, I just did really bad. I got it. <laughs> I was also looking up the leaderboard to compare us to because you can look at your friends for the different characters. And I was so happy I didn't get last for one of them, which was the silent. The silent is, no, yeah, the silent I got in second place. I Andrew got first for all of them. Yeah, buddy. Keith got um, second for two of them. I got second for one. But I also think it's cool that you can look up so many of your own stats. And on Xbox, they didn't... They, were, they weren't the same as the game. So I said that I had a lot less when I looked at it on Xbox. But if you look at the game under the leaderboard section, they're much higher. But you can look at like how many victories you had, deaths, floors climbed, how many enemies you have slain, cards discovered. So you also kind of know like how much more you have left. So like how many cards you have to unlock, how many relics you have to unlock. So I thought that was really interesting too. So, I mean, I always love games that do a lot of stats. So this is just another big plus for me on games. Because I remember the first game that really got me into, like, statistics in a game was Perfect Dark, which now you absolutely love, Liz. But I remember when I was just a little kid playing that game and, like, seeing how many bullets I shot at. That was amazing. So I always love games that have stats and I can kind of compare So why won't you play that game with me then? Because you're not a challenge. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> she just backed out so quickly. It's just, yeah, that's true. But getting into our final thoughts here. So for me, as I said at the beginning, this game is a definite game. I have now played this on three different consoles, and I think this game is fantastic on all of them. I think the preferable choice is PC, but Switch is a close second. I just, I loved just how quick these rounds go, how this is kind of a game where you're just like, ah, one more run. I was so close. I almost had it. Uh, let me do another one. Let me do another one. And then you, before you know it, you've gone like three or four hours in and you don't know where your day went. I, I love the fast-paced action of this game. I do enjoy the graphics. The music was a little tedious, but I love the art style of everything. I loved the art style on the cards. I loved the uniqueness of all the characters. Like just playing a different character is just a completely different play style. So for me, this this is a 100% game, and I would give this game probably, I'd give this game a 90. I, I, I maybe go a little bit higher. I probably will in the future because, as I said, they're coming out with more stuff. They're coming out with more characters. So it'd probably push me over the edge, but I absolutely love this game. You should give it a try. So, wow. I mean, I don't know how to follow that. That was... That was a gushing review, but I mean, I, I, I'm basically in the same boat in a lot of ways. Maybe not as as fanboy as you are. I don't know, but I, I think it's a ton of ton of fun. I absolutely recommend it, hands down. Play this game; it's great. And if they're adding new characters or new cards, it's just gonna be a lot of more fun. Heck, call me out on it if you will. I've been playing this whole time. <laughs> are you really? Are you serious? <laughs> Heck yeah. It's 
that's how easy it is to multitask this game and i proved it but this game is just it's a ton of fun let's everyone rate how well keith did this episode i know i know now fans are probably like oh no wonder why keith is awful this episode give him a score (laughs) at me or don't but (laughs) give me a score i don't care i'm i've got thick skin but um no i I don't know if i can go as crazy as andrew but this is like a i'm gonna go 86 because that's like the perfect number because i was born in 1986 (laughs) perfect number Nope, perfect number. So for me, I was so pleasantly surprised by this. I said earlier that I thought it looked boring. I also hated that you had to start over every time you died, which I typically don't like in a game. And I actually ended up enjoying that. I like starting over because sometimes, yeah, you, you're you worse off the second time around with your cards and stuff, but sometimes it's even better, you know? So I think... I feel like before today, I would have given it an 85. I was playing more of it today, and I just can't stop. So I think I'm going to do a 90, like Andrew. I don't really know what would get it to, like, 100. I think because I get this type of game, it's not super exciting. Like, maybe, like you said, more story or, or something like that. It is a good, solid game. I don't have anything negative to say about it. It's just a super chill game. And looking at the Metacritic scores, which for Xbox, like last week, TBD... But looking at Switch PC and PS4, critics gave it between 85 and 88, so right around what we were saying. But the users, 5.1 to 7.6 in variation between PS4, PC, and Switch. And I I think the big issue is that there aren't a lot of reviews. And there was one person that I think did at least two of the platforms, I don't know if they did all three, but gave it a zero because they felt like the game is predetermined. And so uh, you can go on and, and read that if you want. But for the most part, all the other ones were all high score. So that really brought it down. If you only have three reviews, you get two tens and a zero. It's really going to bring it down. So for me, I feel like it's kind of skewed. I definitely agree more with the critics. So I would, and I, that's kind of rare. Usually I feel like the users kind of know what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, the critics this week, I think, I think nailed it. I mean, I was just just because I was curious how low it was when you did that. I I pulled it up on the Game Pass app, and with Xbox, it has a four out of five star rating, and there's a ton of actually really good reviews on the actual Xbox store for what it's worth. I'm not taking time to read them, but people didn't abuse it there at least. We appreciate it on the Xbox. So, as I'm sure our listeners probably know from uh, my review of this game, so this game is twenty five bucks. Do you guys recommend this game? If it ever comes off of Game Pass, would you recommend someone buying this game for that price? You will put the time in. You will get your money's worth. Yeah. I mean... 100%. I didn't hesitate. As soon as I saw on Switch and it was like 25 bucks, I was like, uh, yeah? I thought you were crazy. <laughs> I was like, you're already playing on PC, but I mean, go for it. And then now I know. Yeah. <laughs> I So this is weird for me because I'm going to say yes because I just... Oh. I, I'm I thought going to say no. Well, well, no, because here's the thing is, I would absolutely tell someone to. Now, would they listen to me? Because they're just going to go, you sound like a lunatic. You, oh, you draw some cards. It's super fun. No, trust me. It really, really is. So, yeah, That's I would say point. 25 bucks. But I do wish it was a little cheaper because I don't know that I'd want to pay $25. I just know that I'd get my time out of it. See, 25 for me, 25 is a it's perfect not, price it's for it, too, because they're still coming out with more content. And the content's free. 
And I feel right. like this and game, that's a huge sell on this for sure. I agree. Yeah, and I feel like I could recommend this game for just about any sort of style of player because it's it's very approachable. All right, well, I think that's going to about do it for us this week. Uh, as I mentioned before, we did start an Xbox Live Club, uh, GPGB Pal. So just join our club. We'd love to have you. Compared stats, and you know you can meet fellow listeners. But yeah, tell us, did we get anything wrong? Did you like anything that we did? Please let us know. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at GPGBPod. You can also find us on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag, or you can send us a personal email at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. I also have a mixer and Twitter with the same handle. So come on by and say hi. Or follow me because I always love to have challenges with my achievements. And just as I always am, I have been your mediocre who wants to be good host, Keith. I'm on Xbox always at Lil Fluffy and Twitter at KeithLynch121 and Go to my Twitter and find my Mixer link, because it's there. And it's also the same name as my Xbox. You, can do you don't have to be so rude to the listeners. <laughs> I have to be. I gotta, I gotta fight for my end. right. Actually, and, and do, please rate me. I, I know that it's a 10 to 10, but, you know, rate me anyways. Well, anyways, I've been Liz the Noob. Gamer tag, come on, I'm Dean. And I'm on Twitter, at Liz the Noob. Noob is EW. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate you guys for all the support you guys have given us. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we really hope to see you again next week. Bye. Talk to you next week.